look, if you don't want to make that change within yourself, it's not going to get better. This might not apply to everybody, but if you feel like you're rock bottom, okay, and you're hoping for a better day, but you literally are doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, that's a definition of insanity. You are provided with a choice every day. You are provided with multiple choices throughout the entire day. Take that choice, make that change. You've identified a problem. You're saying you're rock bottom. Got it, you're there now. There's only one way and it's up. So change your mindset, use that choice and go a freaking different direction. Love y'all, Faceman VTT out. Day three of retirement. As an infantryman, I was asked if I could clean the sink. So let's look at this. Definitely some kind of grime on there. And I open up the cabinet. What do I use? Nothing comes to mind. Like my experience is my skill set. Nothing. Wait a minute. Everyone knows this is how you clean everything. Imagery retired. Just take a second. Uh, uh, would you like a military discount? Uh, oh, do you offer one? Honestly, cap of the day. CC's Pizza is the county fair of restaurants. You go in there, you look around, you feel a little bit better about yourself, then you realize that you're in there too. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, let's be honest. You know, not everybody's made for this life. It's scary. You know, you gotta jump out of a plane while it's moving. That's not natural. It's high, it's, it's fucking wet outside sometimes. It's snowy, it's hot, it's dry, it's shitty. Who the fuck would wanna be airborne? Best job, fucking best job I ever had. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 115 of the Trash Talk Hour. Special guest today is Ben Owen, owner of Black Rifle Company, 
This has nothing to do with coffee, but we'll get into that later. And returning guest, Scott Mann, author of Pineapple Express. And as usual, I'm joined by Nick and Buddy. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. What's up, people? What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Good? Yeah. Yeah. Ben's been driving. Ben's been driving. I am fucking exhausted. Yeah, we'll get into that. A lot of people know who Ben is on social media, so I can't wait to get into that and go into all his adventures and everything he's got going on. So it's it's pretty sweet to follow. Give me a fun show. Give me a good show. So as usual, Face Man's going to kick it off with a conspiracy. So I actually was going to do the blimp that we just shot down yesterday uh, in South Carolina, or shot it down today. Um, So that, that got nixed, so I had to pick a new conspiracy. And I found this one about 30 minutes ago. And uh, about 45 <laughs> minutes ago. And it's actually, it's actually pretty cool. Like, why did that up some stuff. Why, What's why that? Because we shot why it down. We shot it down. Didn't we, we shoot that? Them down. There's, there's also one in Canada coming right, down. Right, tracking that one. But I'm talking about the one in the U.S. We shot it down. Like, Didn't we shoot morning. down the one over Ukraine first? I don't know about that one. So why would Biden shoot that one down first? Who knows? I don't know. Oh. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, maybe we can talk about it, but it definitely wasn't aliens. So, I'm but we were going to talk about it. Anyways, <laughs> as somebody, as somebody from the south, I have never seen people more excited for balloon hunting season. People <laughs> were trying to figure out how to make their own missiles in their fucking yards. There was like, you can't buy a fucking metal trash can down here because they're all fucking hundred mile an hour taped together with fucking five gallons of gas and a fucking remote control to fucking try to fly. <laughs> we were fucking, we were ready. We're ready. ready. We were fucking like, fucking like, you know, like, <laughs> you think we got a big enough trailer to mount that son of a bitch on the wall or what? Maybe just a piece of it. I'm just saying. We were, I want pictures. We were on it. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe we'll have to talk about it eventually, but, um, so I looked up this guy, all right? Have you guys heard of the Andrew Dawson giant case? So this guy is on TikTok, okay? His name's Andrew Hold on, are we Dawson. talking about giants again? Didn't we yeah, already- this is, this is not the candle well, giant. Yeah, we're not this worried about giant, the giant buddy. that smoked all of your group guys, okay? Yeah. Is it, right? is it, the one, is it yeah. that giant? Is it yeah. that giant? Tell you guys yeah. couldn't even handle one giant in your special yeah. forces? Yeah. Come on. Hey, well, yeah, we did. We handled that thing, remember? Yeah. You did. The special forces guy killed him. killed him. Yeah, he yeah. killed yeah. a regular infantry platoon, right? Yeah, we have to use a bigger caliber gun for those, though. And to this day, Buddy just says he can't talk about it. So I don't know. But we'll get into that later, maybe. But anyway, um, Andrew Dawson. So this guy on TikTok, okay, he's from Canada. He, uh, Chris put the picture up. You guys can't see it, but it, it should be up there. He's driving around in Canada, and on this mountain, as you can see in that picture, he sees what looks like to be a giant, okay? So guy just starts posting on TikTok all about this giant, all right? Uh, his TikTok starts blowing up, okay? Millions of followers, millions of comments, all kinds of crazy shit. Then he starts posting about like CIA people like tracking him. Okay. As soon as he posted the video the next day, there were helicopters like surrounding this mountain. Um, there's pictures of that as well. Uh, a military camp was set up uh, on the top of this mountain. Okay. A lot of weird shit. And this is all like on TikTok. Of course, you know, he could, it just could be a big scam. Turns out he leaves for a while. Okay. Shows up 30 days later after not posting anything. And he does this really weird video where he's talking about, like, I'm scared, all right, but it was all fake, all right, it's not true. And he seems really nervous when he's doing this video. Then, like, a couple days later, he posts another video. They're going to kill me. They're coming after me. Long story short, he's dead now. That's the end of the story. They warned his ass. So (laughs) (laughs) 
if you go onto his actual, if you just if you just hashtag his name on TikTok or search him, there's literally videos of like black cars that are like in front of his house, you know, like scoping him out. You know, he tried to go to the mountain that night and it was apparently closed. Um, and there was supposed to be some CIA agents that told him he can't go up the mountain. Just a bunch of weird shit. And then after he didn't post that one video where he finally comes on, says it was all fake. He looks nervous as hell, scared as hell. And then posts a couple more times. Hey, I'm scared. I didn't kill myself. And now he's dead. Like he's legitimately dead. There's like an obituary. Like you can Google his name and he's dead. Well, Epstein's dead too. Yeah. Epstein's dead too. Right. Um, How did he die? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Unknown. This is. It's kind of, it's so, so it's super weird. Was there a giant on that? Was there a giant on that? really important part of the story, Dave. Like, yeah, how did look, guy, look, did I had 20 minutes for this shit, buddy. Did a rock right? fucking fall on him? Did a giant come down and, like, yeah. fuck him no. to the death? Yeah. Like, what are we talking yeah. about? Yeah. So, anyway, my yeah, take kill, on this He got thing, killed by getting hammered in the ass. My take on this whole thing, I, I don't really believe in the whole giant thing. I mean, if you look at, like, history, the Nephilim, and giants were brought up in the Bible and everything, you know, and... There are some like larger bodies that they found in, you know, Afghanistan and shit, the big skeletons, you know, so I, who knows? I do believe that maybe giants existed in the past. Not really sure about this giant on this mountain in Canada. The videos are pretty weird of like military helicopters being there after he posts the shit. Um, so I don't really know. I don't know where I stand with this whole thing. The fact that he's dead is super weird. Uh, I did watch his video where, where he's like visibly nervous, like and stressed out saying it was all fake. Like somebody told him, hey, you need to say that it was fake. And now he's dead. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. I, I don't believe really in the giant thing, but something fishy going on. Maybe. Okay. Okay. He did this and it was a scam. And then like, maybe he just got stressed out over social media with like how many people were sending him messages and stuff. And maybe he like killed himself. I I, I don't know. I don't have a take on this. I I'm in the air. Oh, yeah, real, yeah, real. It's the first time. Real that's independent a, of you. Buddy, that's <laughs> Nick, that's the first yeah. time where I, like, I don't know. I can't say 50-50. I think it's super weird. Something crazy went down, but I can't, you, you know, I can't put my hands on it. I, I, I don't know what went down. So, yeah, I don't know. Ben. So, Ben. You give us, you give us another one. Uh, I think I'm letting a recent experience Scott and I had with a, a mutual acquaintance take my view on this. But I think dude had something in his background that was about to come falling down on him. And I came up with something elaborate to hide the fact that he's going to off himself. Oh, oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So it was, mm -hmm. yeah, more like stress and stuff, and yeah, and then something was going to come out. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, that's what I think. I don't, I don't believe the giant story at all. Okay, I like. What it. Now, can we go back? What did the guy do before this? Um, I don't know if that was like his only TikTok content. I don't know if he did like. So he was a, more, he was a just a TikTok for, uh, influencer. TikTok influencer, yeah. But I don't know if like his for, account actually started FDX. with that. You know, he was gotcha. his account manager for FTX. Is the show still up? Yeah, we're yeah. good. Yeah, we're still good. Good take, Our viewers dropped in half. Yeah, so, Ben. Yeah. Ben, I'll take that take. I, I think I'll I'll side with you on that. Oh, Scott, I like that. I Scott, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, two things. One is I don't know what constitutes being a giant. Like Andre was a giant, right? Yep, yep. I mean, so if you saw Andre, I mean, you saw a giant. So, I mean, I'm not sure what the criteria is to be a giant. Good question. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to get my head around that one. But but regardless, I, I, I tend to agree with what Ben said. It sounds to me like a, a narrative was created to bring more attention to someone, you know, 
checking out of this world, which seems really sad to me, but it, yep. it seemed like that, that would be where I would put my, my bet. Okay. Hmm. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. Buddy. Right. <laughs> Come on, let's go. I've been, I've been snacking so that my brain is working right. Yep. Because <laughs> as we all know, I ain't the brightest bulb in this whole. Here we go. Here's that imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, first of all, <laughs> I would have to say that uh, I agree with Scott. Um, mm-hmm. Giant is a relative term. Like if you're a, what are we calling them now? Little person? If we're calling, if you're a little person, and I walk in the room, you'll be like, damn, he's a giant. And I'm only like five, nine and a half. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? If uh if if you're a, a person from like ancient Afghanistan and a and a six foot, like six and a half foot dude walks in, you're gonna be like, Holy moly, you know, their average height is what, five two, five four, you know what I mean? They're tiny little tiny little fellas. I think Somebody like the picture, in. the picture show because it's on top of a mountain, he's on the highway. And a, yeah. a large figure, like a smaller person standing on top of the mountain, you probably would, you know, it's it's a very large figure. Yeah. Unless it was not or whatever it is. Maybe yeah. he was surfing on a UFO and uh, he was actually yeah. closer, but it just looked that way. Anyway, Anywho. either way, um, I also think that the whole, like, why would the CIA get involved above all the people? You know what right. I mean? Right. Right. That, then, that part doesn't make any sense. And also... If I was the CIA, let's just let's put our CIA cap on. Like I'm a secret. Like squirrel. the CIA or like an like, operative or an analyst. Either way. Or the, the let's, CIA. Let's say, I'm in, let's say I'm in charge of the CIA. You're, and so you're, I wanted you're to, Petraeus. And, and I wanted to make sure that uh, the story didn't get out. I would just let the guy keep talking. He sounds batshit crazy. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why would I lend any credence to the story by silencing him when I could just let him talk? Like. Nobody's going to believe him because it sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. Like the, mm-hmm. the movie scenes where like the guy's like telling his girlfriend, like, hey, look, you know, I'm a CIA operative. She's like, oh, you know, you're not. You're crazy. And he's like, oh, OK, that worked. You know what I mean? And then he goes and does this little spy thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't care about it. But but yeah, giants, you never know. That could be a real thing. But it seems like it would be hard to hide. <laughs> you would think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there's also a theory that, that, and I'm surprised we haven't covered this in the conspiracy, but there's all these, you know, plateaus or whatever that look like the stump of a tree. And they're like, there were giants mm-hmm. billions of years ago that cut down these giant ass trees that went all the way like a thousand feet. Well, away. they talk about giants in the Bible. What about Stonehenge, right? Like, how do those rocks get moved? Giants carried yeah. them, obviously. I mean, there's a guy in Florida. There was a guy in Florida that moved a bunch of rocks that were super yeah, duper coral, heavy. coral something. Coral, yeah, coral. Yes. Yeah, and then yeah, there's go begly, go blecky, however the fuck you say it. Yeah, he was some po- uh, Polish guy or something in uh, in uh, in Florida, and he moved all those rocks by yeah. himself. And he always <clears> used was like people thought he used like seismic waves, and people thought he used weird, uh, yeah. weird levers, but he did it all himself, and he moved tons and tons and tons of stone. I would never do it where anybody could see him. So, yeah. Now, I don't believe that they're a giant. I don't. I think that Matumbo is tall, but he's not a giant. And that's well, we got Manu- Manute Bull was seven, 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 or seven, eight, yeah. right? Something giant. Like that. Yeah. Shaq was Shaq was seven, four. I mean, yeah. the Undertaker. Hello, everybody. It's seven, four. Like, there's giant some big things out there, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, but I don't know that I would refer to them as as giants. 
Yeah. Right. So we're gonna we're talking about perspective. Like what is yeah. a giant, yeah. like you said, like yeah. what is a giant yeah. to you? So um yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna take a little bit lighter hearted thing on this because I, I, I do think what uh Ben and Ben said is probably actually what happened. Um yeah, I like I'm gonna, that take I'm, a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the lighter side of it and say that this is hundred percent real. Okay, and <laughs> that movies have ran movies have ran my life. Okay, I like I base every conversation I have off a movie. If I don't understand what you're saying, I just throw in a movie quote to sound funny, and that way that takes away from that I don't have any idea what we're talking about. But you know, when the movie Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. all right, if somebody comes in and says, "Are you a god?" Right, mm -hmm. you say yes. Okay, you, like so when the CIA comes into your room and says, "Stop," mm -hmm. okay, you stop. Like, where do you think this is going to go? Like, like th these people have, they have, like, like what, what, buddy? Do you, do you also collaborate and listen when they come yes. in? If they yeah. say stop? <laughs> so let's say, let's say, let's say, you know, I said stop. What's the next thing out of your mouth? Oh, collaborate and listen. Because we know this, right? These are things that are obvious. This is common sense, yeah. right? The fifth principle of yeah. controlling, right? That's what it is, right? And... But I, I'm going to go with that this is 100% real. And the CIA warned him, said, hey, look, you're you're popular enough on TikTok now. Chill. Right? And, ah. he, and he was like, you know, they, they, won't, they, they won't bury me. Yeah. Yeah, they will. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Scott's being real quiet. You know, it's like I got shady there because Scott's been doing some work in the mountains before, you know, with some of those guys. You know, so he's like, nah, 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 not me, not me. The CIA has gotten rid of <laughs> popular presidents. Like, it's gotten rid of a lot of people that ran whole countries. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. think they're going to come after people. Come on. Come on. Yeah, a little, little history lesson. Everybody likes those. You know, like, I, I, I did a report once saying that Vietnam, the Vietnam War was a giant faint operation. Mm. Right? For Malaysia and Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Right, because if you're thinking talking about the domino theory, right, Vietnam is like a middle domino. It's not even who cares if you knock the middle domino over, right? You want to secure Japan, so you got to secure all the land masses around Japan, right? You know so, they, huh? The only thing I would throw out at that man, I would like. There's a time when I would buy that shit, but like now after seeing um, the way we left Afghanistan, I'm fairly convinced we're just not that fucking smart. Exactly. I, yeah, that I, I agree with that a thousand percent. And I, I think CT in America is dead now, too. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, uh, I hate to say yeah, that. What I, what Dude, I would just, say is just, just, the CIA wanted to set up their puppet governments while we were on black hit lists in Malaysia and Indonesia during the 60s and 70s, and nobody was paying any fucking attention, right? Because the news was all in Vietnam, right? Now, like, so, yeah. But I, I Scott, that's, I, like I said, this is, uh, I, I don't, I would tend to agree with you that yeah, a lot of people give the government way too much credit. Like, mm -hmm. like, like you think they're fucking smart enough to know that? Now there are when you do study history, there are think tanker guys that I'm sure Scott's met a few of them. I have yet to meet any of them at that higher level, but like that there are think tank guys that have been around every administration, no matter what, for 40 years. Like, and those those are the guys that are sitting in a corner of a room that when somebody has a question, they turn on and goes, "I'll tell you later." I don't think it's the fact that our government's not that smart. Uh, I think it's the fact that if you get three people 
in a room, even think tankers, you get three people in a room that are high enough up in the government, they can't agree on fucking whether water hydrates you. Like they don't, they, they can't agree on shit. Well, you look at the o, the OSS agent for higher conspiracy. And the OSS agent that advised Kennedy on Vietnam. You know, Kennedy asked, "How many troops would I need in Vietnam right now?" And the OSS agent said, "575,000." And he goes, "What?" And he goes, "He goes, yeah, right now." He goes, "You would need that in the South right now." And he's like, "He's like, but what about what do you mean in the South?" He's like, "He's like, it's certain she's already there." And he's like, it's, and then he's like, he he literally said, "You're fucking nuts," because he's like, "There's no way I'm gonna get be able to get Congress to authorize anything like near that without an act of war, you know." But then the government was smart enough to find a way to get that amount of troops in there. It just took a couple of years, but uh, the corrupt. You raise a good point there. In, in absence of political will, we're not getting anything done in the U.S., and mm-hmm. I think that's probably what happened in Afghanistan. Which well, brings us back to the giant. If if there's no political will to kill a guy that's outing a giant, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. Right. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, I was going to do an extensive book of world today. All right. Which I know you're going to do a short one. I said I was. You promised us a short one. It was English, buddy. All right. And I know it really, I know it really upsets Buddy and Dave that I'm not going to talk for an hour. But, um, (laughs) um, but anyways, my book of world, all right, stems from the actual book of world, which I think it was like chapter six, verse 40. I uh, don't really remember, um, but it was embrace judgment, okay? Embrace judgment, don't fear it. Uh, and the point of that is, is if somebody's judging you, all right, it's still ultimately up to you whether or not you give a shit, right? If somebody judges you, all right? But if Dave t- says that I'm being an asshole, maybe I am. All right. And then maybe I should take a step back and look at it. Embrace that judgment. All right. And this kind of had me thinking for a week after I wrote that. And I was, I've started to notice a lot more, just starting to stick out of like the victim mentality. All right. And what got, what got me inspired about this was Ben's uh, post about raising good men. And we put that as one of the cover things uh, on, uh, for the event. And then I had I had another wise person tell me that when it comes to like equal opportunity, the victim mentality gives them power. Oh yeah, you know. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking that's interesting. And because when you look at an actual victim of something, all right, if you're an actual victim of something horrendous, right, your power has been taken from you. All right, so. It is extremely, in my, in the Book of Burl's opinion, it is extremely unfair to play the victim card because of that. There is actual victims out there because you're afraid of judgment and you're afraid of the power that you thought you had that you lost, right? Now, again, this isn't something towards actual victims, but the, the phrase victim mentality, right, means that if you have that mentality and you're not a victim, It's the fact that you're just afraid of judgment. You're afraid of somebody telling you you're wrong. Somebody telling you you need to fix something in your life. Somebody telling you that this is detrimental to not just you, but your family. This is detrimental to everything else around you. And yet you're going to find some way to get that power back. 
All right, you're going to try to get that control back of your life by saying it wasn't your fault. Right, when in terms it was your fault. And our signature phrase for veteran trash talk is get the demons out. All right, the demons are your responsibility. All right, they're yours. If you don't play the victim card that the demon got in there by accident, right now something bad might have happened. PTSD, you know, we're veterans, PTSD, right? There's things you saw, stupid shit, right? Bad shit, nasty stuff. Okay, those are real things, those are traumatic. The way you handle those, that PTSD, that's you. Well, that change you, starts within. Yeah. yeah, you own that. So I want you to look at that victim mentality of why you're getting held up in life at anything, whether it's starting a business, whether it's going back to school, whether it's you know an alcohol problem, whether it's a tobacco problem, whether it whatever, right? You're gonna find some freaking way to make sure that it's not your fault that it's happened. Yep. All right, you're gonna do the best that you can. And I was like, imagine, imagine if you spent that effort. Hey, I put that energy into yourself. Fixing the, yep. fixing the yep. fucking problem, which is yep. your problem, right? And so, like I said, it goes back to my book of role last Sunday, where I said embrace judgment, mm -hmm. because. Does somebody have the right to judge you? Again, that's up to you whether or not you're going to give them that right to judge you. Because if I judge you and you don't listen to me and you don't get better, don't right? It don't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Oh, you're just a judgmental prick. Okay. I just saw something. But well, you also have a choice, like you said, on how you can be affected by that. Right. Absolutely. You, can, you literally but, have but a that, but then everything again, you do in life. But then if again, you, you choose or not be a choice. Yeah. And you yell at the other person for judging you. Yeah, which is dumb. Like, <laughs> like who, gives a, who gives a rat's ass? Like, oh, he judged me. Who cares? You know? Like, so you that, that's have a, that internal choice to say, I don't care. You're, you're put, placing value on somebody else's opinion. Right. You know? And like, so that, and then what that's I, a concerning what, in itself. We could talk about hours. Yeah. Well, yeah. <clears throat> that, all, that all depends on what your priority is. Well, if it's a solid opinion, then cool. But yeah. if you're just worried about regular judging individuals who just want to bring, like, who gives a shit? Like, yeah, well, again, that that all that deals with your priority. Is mm -hmm. your priority to be popular? Mm -hmm. But then again, but if you actually you are, like, let's just say, like, call you an alcoholic, buddy. Let's say you, you know, like, let's say I call you one, right? And like, we don't say we're not friends or we're not, not great friends or whatever. Yeah. We're just, just like, hey, you know, you, you got a drinking problem, bro. You know, something like that. Yeah. And right away, you just get defensive on me. You're right away, you're looking to get power back. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I just yeah. took it away from you saying mm -hmm. that you don't have control of that. Right, except, for, like, except for I have the choice to say, oh, well, you don't correct. know me. So yeah, have a good correct. day. Later. Correct. You have no any, uh, you know, I had a, a very similar story. One of the guys that I, used to be on the team with me, uh, he's in a different battalion now. And he came in one day. He was like, yeah, man, there's this dude that was talking shit about you. I've been retired for a year. I've been, you know, out of uh, the game for at least two years. So, you know, doing retirement. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, who was it? <laughs> Cool. <laughs> he's like he's like yeah i don't i don't remember what his name was and i was like so uh so you're telling me that some guy that you don't even care enough to remember his name thinks that i suck and i haven't been in fifth group like working for the last two years yet he still thinks about me right. like you're living rent free in his head rent free yeah like, the guy that you're talking about 
I don't even know, nor do I give a fuck about, and that's not what I do anymore. So, whatever. I, I what I care about is the the opinion of the people that I actually like the, that the matter to you. I work Correct. with, yeah. and they're the ones that I still talk to, still care about, still work with, or still you know hang out with, do stuff with, like take part in their families. You know what I mean? Like you have to. It's it's all you know exactly what you're saying is right. It's all you know. Being a victim may entitle you to a a little bit of compassion from people as you're trying 100%. to rebuild or fix what you're doing, but that's it. It doesn't entitle you to the rest of your life. And you know, you, being a victim is one thing; maintaining your victim status is a completely different thing. Like it's harder to maintain that status than it is to get yourself up and and fucking move on. Like, oh, it, it falls into like who you who you surround yourself with as well. You know, yeah. if, you're, if you're a fucking victim and you're surrounded well, yourself with a bunch like of people, people that enable that, there are people Correct. that enable Correct. that behavior and yep. make it yep. profitable almost yep. to be yeah. a victim. And before I turn it over to Scott, um, did you guys see that video? Of that girl in Florida getting a shit kicked out of her on the bus by the uh-uh. by the by the teenage male. Don't watch it; it's super disturbing. Okay, mm-hmm. but like. It reminded me, like, as I was thinking about it this week, where a nine-year-old girl uh-huh. got beat up by a teenage boy on a bus viciously. Nobody did I, anything? Like, no, everybody jumped in. And it, again, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's, it's obviously a bullying thing, and watch it for yourself if you want, but it's obviously a racial thing, too. Okay? Now... Right away, this is when I started getting upset when I was reading, because, you know, you go read the comments, right? Don't ever do that. Yeah, you go read the comments. <laughs> yeah, and that's the first thing I do. Right. <laughs> no, but you you see. I don't you have see. the emotional capacity. Yeah, right. 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 So you start you start that, you start seeing you start seeing the one getting upset about comments when he's yeah. the biggest troll in the. I, I am a Facebook terrorist, right? But anyway, so, <laughs> so I, like I when when you start seeing people finding certain ways to justify what this boy this man was doing to this nine year old girl, right? And it's like. You're just you're just reading some of the pulse of some areas of America where it's like they're literally trying to make the the assaultant a victim of some form. Oh, is yeah, why yeah. he was doing that, and it's like that is the exactly the wrong answer exactly. Correct. And when and I got it because we have we have uh, Monica's on the show watching you know and I I made a joke earlier as a Facebook terrorist on one of the posts about you know you know the woman veteran and 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 it's like. It's almost impossible to to like try to help people or try to do the right thing, help yourself when all you have to find some reason to be sad for yourself. Yeah. And it's like it's like no, like that sucks that that happened to you, but fuck it, like and and that's why and that's why we built. And I'm not talking about really bad things. I'm talking about like you know somebody just insulting you. Like what the who well, who cares? Imagine you know? like, imagine like, like, waking up in the morning and that being your your thing is to get on TikTok or Facebook just or to whatever. Just get upset. Just to like oh there's a to be able segment to, of society that they how live much of a rise you can get out of somebody from because you because there's no <laughs> there's no real like nobody's gonna show up at your house and yeah. Well, that's the thing is, so like raising good men is like Ben was saying, like, so I'll turn it over to Skyler one second. Um, you know, we, the things that I pray for, right? I pray to God that that would never happen to one of my daughters and not, and not so that they wouldn't get beat up, 
but it's because I would kill everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and, and if you don't have men like that, that would stand up for the weaker people. Right. That's where you lose a society in one of, in some aspects, yes. not all of society. You yeah. lose a society if you don't have strong men. And here's something for you women. Guess what? Most strong men already think about women. All right. They already think that they're the strongest, most valuable thing on the freaking planet. All right. 100%. The most valuable and strongest thing. Right. Like, and yeah, that'll bother some people. That's sexist. No, it's not. Literally, yeah. like, we think that you're the greatest freaking thing ever. Absolutely. Right? Don't, don't like, go like, Andrew like, Tate on me right now. Yeah. Like. yeah ever. <laughs> ever. Okay. Yeah. So it's like you lose that. You lose that. If you think if you want to take that feeling away from the men who actually will fight, all right, that's going to be a bad thing. But anyway, so somebody somebody uh, once said that the uh, the worst thing you can do, you know, and that analogy of the you know the wolves and the sheep dogs and the sheep, you know, it's kind of kind of old and cliche. But the worst thing that you can do using that analogy is to make the sheep dogs despise the sheep because then they just let the wolves do whatever they want because they're done, they can't win anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not going to get anything from helping the sheep. Right, yeah. they're just gonna get butt fucked, and then they become fucking just as bad as the wolves. It's not worth right. it. Right, mm-hmm. all right, okay. So that was the book of Earl. All right, just again, it's embrace judgment, and if you have the ability to help, you should help. Right, mm-hmm. like it's 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 that simple, and uh, and you'll find every reason not to help because you're selfish, just like I am, just like Dave is, just like Ben's been. We'll find any way not to freaking do it. Okay, okay. but uh, yeah, exactly. So, hey, Scott. Scott is with us. He was on the show a few uh, weeks ago uh, promoting his last uh, last man out, all right? And uh, it's it, if you watch the show, it was a phenomenal show. We had a lot of good feedback on it. And they've already done a show in D.C. And they've done a show in Chicago. I think yep. Ben went there for that one. Uh, where's your next stop? We're, we're locking it down now, Nick, but it looks like it'll be uh, – Dallas slash Arlington is going to be the Ooh, I might have to come to that one. So, uh, for um, sure. Um, Phoenix is coming up still, right? Yeah. Phoenix is coming up in June. And yeah. then we're, we'll we're going to try to get to that. We're really trying to get to Bragg in May. Mark, Center Universe. All right, April. Uh, Liberty. Liberty, guys. Fab Liberty. Fort Liberty. I'm going to call it Bragg. I'm going to call it Bragg even harder referring now. Referring to it as Bragg is problematic speech. So <laughs> yeah. you get a gonna, But I'm Scott, gonna, tell us how the play's okay. going. And then for yeah. those that are watching uh, and haven't seen it, which I'm sure most of them have because we've been taking the shit out of it. But um, tell us how it's going and like what's what you've learned from it so far and what, what what's the next steps. Yeah, thanks, man. I'll make this quick because I want to just like you guys. I, I can't wait to to hear Ben because that's just uh, so much so much from that guy when he talks, man. But Ben and I have been, kind of been on this journey together in a lot of different ways, and I just was thinking about the embrace judgment thing, and it kind of pivots right into last out, which is um, I don't know if you guys ever read any Stephen Pressfield, uh, author of Gates of Fire and uh, War of Art. He's he's a pretty cool, dude. And one of the things that that he talks about, you know. And I think it pertains to veterans as we move into that next phase of our life coming out of service is, you know, embracing judgment, but within the context of what you know to be true, mm-hmm. right? For me, like, I don't, I don't mind at all someone giving me judgment or even criticism, 
But I, but I have to have the agency in my life to evaluate it within the context of my own journey and know the journey I'm on. Now that's, that's just me. Um, and so for example, when, when I, my son, my oldest son told me he was going to join the army a few years ago, six, seven years ago, and he wanted to go infantry and then SF, you know, it hit me, it hit me really hard, man. It hit me differently than I thought it would. Um, because of the fact that we had already in Afghanistan started moving away from our partners and, and the villagers that we had worked with so closely. And many of the elders that I personally recruited had been killed. And I'm thinking, okay, my son is going to go fight a war that I didn't finish. And there's something inherently wrong with that to me like as, a, as a father. Oh, that's a, that's, that's to look at it that way. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just how it hit me, you know, and, and and so that actually was the impetus for writing the play Last Out because it kept coming up to me as, and I was already doing storytelling and and speaking at the time, but it kept coming up to me as like all the movies, all the books are all about the first in, the first in, the first in, the door kickers, which is great, cool, but we never hear about the Last Out, right? Um, we 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 never hear about the guys that that go day after day month after month, year after year, they just keep going back the last out, you know, and, and I wanted to tell that story. We never hear the story about the NCOs, the team sergeants that like carry those rucksacks, those platoon sergeants, those first sergeants. Um, and I just felt kind of led to do that. And rather than pursue kind of the, you know, victimhood, nobody understands veterans, whatever. I, I just started writing and moving the pen. And for me, that became therapy. And then ultimately it, it became a, a story about three team sergeants that I had that didn't make it home. And they became a composite character named Master Sergeant Danny Patton. And Danny is mortally wounded in the very first scene. And it, it, it is, uh, he is trying to ascend to the warrior resting place of Valhalla, but he's holding on to something and he, and he can't let go. So his best buddy, Kenny, who was killed on 9-11 in the Pentagon, who's based on my best friend, Cliff, who was killed in the Pentagon, uh, he comes down and with other what, we call, what I call operators and they're shapeshifters, basically, from Valhalla, who specialize in difficult extractions of, operator, of, of special operators. And they come down and they become all the people in Danny's life who made his heart pump the most blood. Right. They become his wife, Lynn. They become his child, Caden. They become his arch nemesis, Colonel Smith and his arch nemesis, uh, Saeed Wali. And basically they take Danny through the whole journey from the time he goes through selection. In the early 90s until he is uh, mortally wounded on um, September 11, 2013. Right. And in doing that, the audience, which is comprised of both civilians combat wounded veterans, gold stars, they go for the whole ride together. And they literally watch Danny get tossed back and forth between his fire base and his living room as it moves faster and faster and faster and it come off the rails. And that becomes until he figures out what he's holding on to and he lets go. And I think what makes this thing has been six years in development. Um, I, I can't take credit for any of it. I believe that at least in, in, in my, my God, led me through this path and, and a lot of buddies that aren't around anymore um, that come to my aid for, um, for every one of these shows. Um, but anyway, what's really uh, cool is the cast. It's not, it's not theater people from New York. It's not actors from LA. The entire cast are combat veterans and military family members. 
who have trained their ass off to tell this story from the stage as good as any actor. And that's what they do. And that's what we do. I play also to complete my midlife crisis. Uh, I, I learned how to act at age 50 and I play Danny Patton. Um, and so, yeah, man, we've been touring the country. The, the thing I'll end on is we live in some extraordinary times, as you guys have alluded to. I have to tell you, the talkbacks that we do after every show are electric. What we are hearing from the men and women who served and their families and the Gold Star families, they are absolutely uh, electric because of how we left Afghanistan, how we ended this 20-year war. They do not feel seen. They do not feel heard. I'm not talking about in a victimhood kind of way. I'm talking about in a moral injury kind of way where a small percentage of people were asked to do a thing for 20 fucking years, and then we turned the page on them. Right. Um, and, and so this play is like an emotional breaching tool. It opens up those hard conversations for the community to sit and talk about this shit. So that's it. I mean, I am, I am really fired up. We had put this play on a shelf before the uh, collapse in Afghanistan and we were not going to do it again. Um, and it was when Gary Sinise saw the film version of it on Amazon prime that he asked us to take it on the road. And, and so I felt led after the way we left Afghanistan to do that. So that's what we're doing. Um, we'll be posting our tour schedule on lastoutplay.com. I really hope you guys will come and, and be my I'm, guest. I'm in for the Phoenix show. I'm in. Yeah, we're in for the Phoenix show for sure. Right. Uh, and I'll, I'll try to get to the Dallas one once you let hammer that down because that's it's the same play for me either way. Awesome. Hour each way. And Ben and Jess came. It just meant the world to have them there, man. Like, you know, he's my brother. And then like, it was so great to see him out there in the audience. But, like, uh, I, I'm not going to take up any more time with it. I just – I do think – uh, it is warrior storytelling in a way that we need it. And uh, we're not going to stop. We're going to keep elbowing our way into every room uh, until people understand what load our folks carried and are still carrying. And they're not thinking about this thing like a fucking Fortnite game. Right. Yeah. Man. For, speaking of Fortnite, I got a crown today. No big deal. Um, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Dude, the, the play, if you're it is fucking powerful. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it, just the way Scott the, describes it. The entire it, you know? audience yeah. was in tears. Um, without giving away too much, in between the first and second act, I'm getting text messages from my 17-year-old son, my second oldest back home, that he's decided to enlist as an 11 X-ray with an option 40. And then I go back into that second act, and just the subject matter of that second act, coupled with my 17-year-old texting me all that shit, dude, I lost it by the end yeah. of the play. I was a snot-slinging, blubbering mess. But the entire audience was too. I mean, it's 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 just incredibly powerful. And Scott will definitely be there in, in Phoenix, probably Dallas too. If Austin or San Antonio works out, you know we're there too, man. It's uh, so powerful. Just uh, yeah. it, and you know, I, I do think it it plays into everything we've talked about up to this point on this call. Uh, even slaying giants. Yeah. I mean, getting storytelling out there, normalizing you know men having feelings and dealing with really shitty shit. I, th I think it plays into literally everything we've talked about uh, so far. All right. So let's introduce the guest of honor. Welcome to the dumpster fire as you see it is. Welcome, ben. For those of you watching for the first time uh, or listening for the first time on our podcast platforms, uh, we start off the show with a conspiracy because we want to get back to that barracks talk where Joe's talk about something that means makes no sense. And it's just a, it's just a good time. Uh, and you know we you know we enjoy it. We get into little arguments. Uh, then we give a little speech about here and there. And then we bring on a guest, right? And we want to promote any any veteran cause, um, whether we agree with it or not. 
You know, we have an apparel company. You can buy our shirts. The ones we bring that other apparel, apparel companies on the show. Yeah, right? we bring other apparel companies on the show. We don't care, right? Like it's like we want everybody to succeed. All right, we win, win, everybody. what? Win, win. What yeah, a win, crazy, win. what a crazy yeah, mindset, a crazy huh? thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I actually, Ben Owen, the way I picked up on it was he sent me his bio, and you know, I started to pick up on something. Right. I started I started to pick up that this guy this guy was never in the 82nd Airborne. You know? <laughs> and you know, the the the, re the reason I knew that was because anybody who's been in the 82nd Airborne is gonna tell you they were in the 82nd yeah, Airborne. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, this I is was not just about this. To, I was just about to try to turn my screen off, but then <laughs> yeah. I realized that Chris would get pissed. Yeah, like, don't, don't do that, buddy. Don't do I'm that. not gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh like so uh, Unfortunately, he was never in the 82nd, but we'll still bring We still brought him on the show, uh, you know, and, uh, but he, you know, he did, he did choose some dirt and, uh, he, you know, he did his time and, and I, he's going to get into his story here, but I started paying more attention to his page after we had Scott on the show. Yep. Same here. Uh, and I started uh, looking at what Ben was doing and, you know, obviously he'll have imposter syndrome. We'll pick up on that later where, you know, he doesn't think he's doing a lot of great things, but he absolutely hundred percent is. Uh, and, whether whether or not you get your inspiration from a good thing or a bad thing or what doesn't matter where it comes from, but if you have the if you have the ability to do good, all right, Ben Owen is somebody to follow on Facebook, okay? Uh, because he will he's going to talk about it, but he's going to show you, and he's going to talk about that you can go make a difference, all right? You can go make a difference tomorrow. All right, so Ben, welcome to the Trash Talk Hour. Talk about why you ripped off Black Rifle Coffee Company, and then also talk, <laughs> also talk about also talk about what Flanders Fields is doing, and um, especially with your homeless project that you got going on is freaking phenomenal. So welcome to the Dumpster Fire. Thank you, sir. And uh, it's good that you mentioned dumpster fires because every project you just mentioned is indeed a dumpster fire. Uh, Scott <laughs> and I met in probably one of the biggest dumpster fires I've ever been involved in, which is the collapse and evacuation of Afghanistan. Um, I got pulled into that through my day job. I own a company, as you mentioned, called Black Rifle. Uh, I picked that name up years ago. Uh, we we solved gun parts. Uh, we were one of the largest distributors for slide fire stocks. Those got federally banned, which just got overturned. But in the process, we built a huge data set that we've since, I won't bore you with details, we've since figured out how to kind of overlay it on the entirety of content consumption on the internet. And, and we do marketing essentially for firearms industry. Um, now, our data can do some really cool shit too, some sketchy shit, scary shit, big brother kind of shit. And so Back in July uh, 2021, a Marine intelligence officer hit me up and asked if we could help get some people out of Afghanistan. Uh, and actually, he posed the question a little different. He, he called me and was like, hey, man, do you want to do something fucking crazy? My answer is always yes to that. Uh, <laughs> and then he told me what we're going to do. And I'm just like, probably taking it, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And then he told me what we're doing. I'm like, I've never been to fucking Afghanistan. I didn't even deploy. Like, what the fuck are we going to do? And he's like, well, check this shit out. So uh, he, he, we ended up where we're using the, the same technology we use to target firearms consumers, you know, on their mobile devices. We're using the plot safe ground routes between provinces in Afghanistan. Uh, and it was kind of during that process, I came across Pineapple Express uh, during the, the NEO at HKIA, the non-combatant evacuation operation, where Scott was, of course, doing fucking amazing work. Uh, and, and we just work with a lot of the same people and our paths crossed and realized we've got just an ungodly amount of things in common uh, in our background. So 
And we've also got, excuse me, a very similar calling and mission in life to, to lift people up and help them get through whatever the fuck they're dealing with. Um, a few months before the collapse of Afghanistan started, you know, my wife and I, for a long time, have been helping homeless and addicted vets get back on their feet, get into treatment, uh, because I used to be homeless and heroin addicted, uh, and my wife was too. So we decided to formalize that into a nonprofit. I think it was like now March or April of 2021 called Flanders Fields, uh, named after the, the famous poem written during World War One about the field in Belgium where they buried a bunch of dudes in poppies. And poppies poppy field, yeah, poppy fields. Yeah, poppies are significant because that's what opium comes from, which is what heroin comes from, which, you know, a lot of that grown in Afghanistan. So there's a lot of parallels there. But as the Flanders mission kind of grew, uh, we got approved by the IRS coincidentally as a 501c3 the day Kabul collapsed, so August 15th, 2021. Um, me being as naive as I was at the time, and, and Scott probably was too, I mean, he'll chime in on this. I thought the evac's going to be over in a matter of weeks. You know, how, how bad could this get? Um, I don't think I slept much at all during August because we were all, you know, on phones nonstop trying to move people to the airport, get them in the safe house and all that shit. So again, this is through my day all, job. Uh, all that shit. That's great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it, was, it was, yeah. We could sit here and talk like no shit for a week straight, just about a day in my life back then. Um, but at some point during that process, it dawned on me like, this is not going to be over. It may not even be over in my lifetime. Um, so we decided to bring Flanders into it. And instead of trying to house homeless vets in America, we're also now going to house allies downrange. Uh, and so we started doing that. And I, I think by the time we decided to back off the safe house game, um, we had something like 60 or 70 safe houses all over Afghanistan, all being wow. managed remotely. From 8,500 miles away, you know, we've got just a badass team of volunteers that, that were helping with all this. And it wasn't just Flanders. I mean, those safe houses were just Flanders, but there's tons of other orgs doing the same stuff. Um, but, you know, we all realized that, that our government was essentially waiting on us to, to bankrupt ourselves trying to do what we're doing. And, that, and that's pretty much what happened. So, you know, we've still got a couple safe houses in Afghanistan. We got pulled into the Ukraine uh, situation, too. We've actually sent one of our vets who's in recovery from opiate addiction to Ukraine to do humanitarian demining. I think three times he's about to go back for a fourth. But uh, we've done evacs out of Ecuador with Craig Sawyer out of Phoenix. You know, Salman, the vets mm -hmm. for child rescue guy. Mm -hmm. um, we, we've done a whole bunch of crazy shit. Uh, did some stuff in Mexico. But anyway. We're trying to bring the Flanders mission completely and totally back. <laughs> Dude, I'm serious. I, I can sit here and talk for days about just one crazy thing we did. We're um, all ears, man. We're all ears. But you tell great. me which one you want yeah, to dive yeah. into. Uh, yeah. uh, there's there's a bunch. Um, like we got we got asked to go down to Mexico during the Ukrainian collapse. They had 22,000 Ukrainians that ended up in Tijuana. Because wow. They figured out they can just walk across our fucking border. Well, um, I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah. Right? So... We go down there to assist with that. We got asked to come down because they needed a security assessment done on the camp. Uh, and then we were told that there were some Russians that were trafficking children. And so we went down there under that pretense and in the back of our minds the whole time, you know, we're thinking, me and Duke, we're, we're going to get our Afghans to Tijuana and then get them to America. Um, we ended up getting there and realized, like, the thing's running like a well-oiled machine. We didn't even need to be there. The two Russians were actually really fucking good people, and I still talk to both of them today. Like everything was great. 
we never could get our Afghans there. I don't know if you guys watch Brett Bear or Jen Griffin, but I was on Fox News like eight times in a week because one of my Afghans did get himself to Mexico and crossed illegally and got federally charged for doing it, oh. um, which is absurd. We're letting, you know, 22,000 Ukrainians in, all these Central and South American migrants that were with this Afghan commando got released and it took almost a literal act of Congress to get the Afghan who fought Saul. Right, not, a, not just an Afghan, an Afghan commando. Not And not just a commando, but an officer. Somebody. Like this dude, yeah. yeah. And, and it not, wasn't just regular commandos. This guy was KKA. So, I mean, like super legit. You know, everybody fucking knew him. We've got an Afghan Anasoc general in D.C. He's like, yeah, I've known this guy for a few years now. We had, I think, third group guys that knew him. Germans knew him. And it took, you know, like a, almost a literal act of Congress to get them to drop the charges against this dude. It was absurd. Um, but yeah, so... That, I guess, plays into a lot of what we deal with, which is how vets cope with moral injury. Uh, mm -hmm. And that is absolutely one of those deals that just furthers the continuing betrayal of everything that everybody who ever served stands for. And I think a lot of vets, it, it, you know, deal with that by drinking. They try to drown the pain or substance abuse. And so we've seen a huge escalation in addicted vets. Uh, and, you know, once somebody becomes addicted, they're not a vet anymore. They're a junkie. Uh, once you become homeless, you're not really looked at as a vet anymore by society. You're just a homeless piece of shit. Um, and so we stand to kind of bridge that gap and get these guys, you know, the help they need or women. Um, and in that process of doing the outreach for, you know, struggling vets, we've kind of expanded that into a lot of work with traffic women, uh, inner city kids. Like it's the mission's expanded drastically. Uh, so, yeah, we can dive into any specific piece of that and talk for days. Yeah. You guys just tell me. Yeah, well, I definitely – all right, yeah, so obviously you're doing a, tons of stuff, amazing stuff. Um, but for our viewers and everything, you mentioned – and obviously, I don't know if you want to dive into it, but it'd be great. It, it, it definitely could help. You mentioned that you were uh, addicted, all right, that you yeah. did have a drug problem. Now, was that prior to the military or was that right when you came back? No, that, so that was actually long after the military. What okay. got me discharged was being in without an ACL and I broke my leg multiple times. Right. Uh, years later, I ended up getting a methicillin-resistant staph infection and became like horrendously addicted to prescribed opiates. Mm -hmm. uh, that eventually progressed. It didn't take long into like an $800 a day heroin habit. Um, yeah. And, yeah can, you, uh, so, can you hit on that a little bit? Like, you know, just being... I mean, that's pretty much rock bottom. Probably it's, it's nope. there. But I then, went way further down than that. Yeah. If you, I mean, you know, <laughs> as much of it as you want to elaborate on, you know, this, this, these types of stories are, um, you know, I love these types uh, of stories. They're powerful. Yeah. They're powerful. Yeah, so I'll, and then I'll talk about, in. you know, where the switch happened in your head where you're yeah. like, all right, this is it. You know, now I got to do something, which is obviously brought to you where, where you're at right now. You know, it was a ladder that you climbed. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I had at the time back in 2012 when things started taking a turn for the worse. I'd struggled with alcoholism like since I was a teenager. Been to treatment multiple times. I actually spent like 12 months locked up in my teens. Um, but I went back to the alcohol, and then the staph infection happened uh, for the third time, I think. And they were talking about potentially amputating my leg below the knee. And uh, they had me on real high doses of narcotic painkillers, which I'd never had a problem with. Um, and just, I, I called Turkey quit him one day because it was making me an asshole to my wife and kids. Well, I, I did not realize what was about to happen, uh, but I was horribly physically addicted to him. I went into withdrawals. I mean, like 12 hours later, I was sick as fuck. 
one of the vets that I actually the very first vet that I ever got off the street into treatment and gave a job to is an amputee. And he had a VA prescribed bottle of 30 milligrams and he knew exactly what was wrong with me when I started getting sick. He threw me a couple of those. I was better within minutes. Um, and it didn't like, I, I really think from, from that point in time to now I'm putting a needle with 800 dollars worth of dope in it up my arm every day, with maybe 90 days. It went really, really fast. Um, and so from that point, you know, I got arrested for the first time in 2014, um, or the first time I got arrested for drugs, I, I got arrested for fighting like right after I had the army, but, uh, that went away. Um, and they charged me like I was Pablo Escobar because I was on my way home from my warehouse. I owned a business and we had a hundred yard range behind it. So I, I'd been shooting. I had a lot of guns. I had a couple of suppressors. I had a sub gun legally, everything I had legally, but also had six rims of dope on me. Um, so they charged me with 14 felonies. Um, God. Yeah. Now, for any logical person, that's rock bottom. You're a business owner. You know, you got a wife and five kids that depend on you, and you just got charged with shit that can put you away for like 40 years. That's rock bottom. It was not. It wasn't even close to it. I'll skip all the minutia in the middle. There's actually me and Scott sitting around a fire pit where I get into detail and a lot of mm -hmm. it. But um, they put me on that's on, you, that's on YouTube too, right? They can go see that. Yeah, it's on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, and I was just going to throw out real quick, if, if you guys get a chance to check that out, like anybody, like it, to just go along with what he's saying here to supplement. It's right, right. I'll post, post yeah. it later. Yeah, we'll post, post it later for anybody yeah. that's watching. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a solid piece. I mean, I, I opened up on that about a lot of stuff. I don't think I've ever said out loud to anybody uh, other than my wife, my ex-wife. Um, so, you know, I destroyed my marriage. They gave me drug court where it's just where, you know, if you complete it, you get diversion, the charges are deleted. I fucked that right off. Um you know, ended up back in jail again. Uh, long story short, I was able to get rid of all the felonies. Um, everything got pled down to misdemeanor. I uh, did a little bit of time on that, got out and relapsed. You know, I mentioned we had Black Rifle. We were selling slide fire stocks. Well, when that dude in Vegas shot everybody with one of them, the credit card at the banking industry decided they were going to hold all of our money. So pretty much overnight, and I'd rebuilt my life at this point. I'd remarried, had one more kid, had fixed a relationship with my ex-wife. You know, the kids are with us more than her. Um, but when that happened, man, you know, the switch flipped again and it went right back to alcohol. My wife, my current wife, uh, final wife, we're not getting another one. Uh, you know, I met her in, in Narcotics Anonymous when I was on drug court. I don't recommend that, by the way. I got really lucky. Don't ever go meet somebody in, in Narcotics Anonymous, but it worked out good for me. We both relapsed. And uh, I think from the day we relapsed uh, until we lost literally everything, um, including our house and our vehicles uh, and our kids, was I mean, inside of a year, probably. Uh, and the next thing I know, we're living in a $700 truck with stolen plates on the dope track in South Memphis uh, with a two-year-old. Um, and, uh, you know, there were multiple points in there where if I was a rational person, it would have been rock bottom after that arrest in 2014. You know, getting stabbed, getting shot at, getting kidnapped, getting kidnapped with my wife. Um, you know, but I just, it didn't, it wouldn't ever click. And I didn't want to live that way. I just couldn't figure out how to fuck to stop. You know, I knew where Narcotics Anonymous was. I knew where AA was. I, I knew who to ask for help, but it just, it wouldn't stick. Nothing would fucking work. And then one day um, in May of 2019, I woke up in an empty lot in South Memphis covered in blood. A buddy of mine had just been murdered. Um, and I had no idea how I got there or where I was, but I knew I was done. I knew I was fucking done. And I was. Um, I picked up. I moved to Georgia. We rebuilt our life. And 
uh, we were able to get back most everything we lost. You know, I've got a great relationship with my ex-wife. I was actually hanging out with her and her new husband last night. Uh, three of the five kids we have live with me and Jess here in Georgia. Two of them still live in Memphis. We've got two more kids now. So that's eight kids total. Um, but yeah, it, it went down far and fast. And, and I, I like to think maybe I was worse than most people. But here's the takeaway. If there's anybody listening to this that is struggling with alcoholism, pill use, I mean, anything that you were using to fill that void inside you, you may not be as bad as I was yet, but I swear to God, if you live long enough, you'll get there if you don't change something. Mm, that's and that's right really the, yeah. the impetus yeah. for Flanders is, you know, I said I would have stopped a thousand times if somebody had been there to show me how, to like walk me through it. I knew where the solution was, but I needed somebody to kind of push me to that. And that's what yeah, that or punch to you to it, you know, like somebody to throw you into it. Somebody like, hey, you're going. Yeah. And that's that's what we have to do, with a lot, especially vets, because, you know, we're fucking stubborn. Um and, and most addicts, shockingly, uh, or not shockingly, stubborn too. Uh, so, and and then it ended up being quite the same with trafficked women. You see a lot of the same issues with them that you see with vets. A lot of complex trauma, PTS, moral injury, and then the addiction issues are just as common. Um, so, yeah, that's the 30,000-foot view. Of, wow. Of yeah, Monica in the chat says, brother, my hat is off to you. So glad you're here to tell your story. Yeah, Clifton Mental Health, thanks, Clifton Mental Health yeah. Warrior, who also was in the Pentagon when it got hit, uh, is uh, said thanks for sharing your story. Um, that's yeah. that's that's wild, man. So yeah, let's go ahead. And, yeah. and again, as as now that we have a little bit like a, a microcosm of your background of what's happened, and I'm gonna be like a little bit of the devil's advocate to play into what I was talking about earlier, where there's always these haters everywhere, and they're they're always gonna be. You can't never gonna get rid of them. Right. They're, they're the ones that they're the ones that bring you down. Like, you know, you know, you're you had the privilege, you had the chance. Other people did it. You decided to do this. You decided to do that. Right. Well, yeah. Well, like, well, yeah. Right. Because what once and like uh, Scott said, you know, once I own it. And once I, you know, when it comes into my perspective, once I own it, it really doesn't matter anymore. Right. Because right. I did own it. Right. Yeah. Like and I, I need to go forward. So I know there's some people watching right now based off of just the thing that we put on the background about raising your men to be good fathers, right? So, and I know I saw it in some of the chats where people were like, man, I really need to watch it because I'm failing, right? And it's yeah. like, and I and one of my friends wrote that and that was weird because I, I hadn't talked to my friend in a while and that that picture reached him, right? And he was like, I'm watching this because you know, I, I think I'm not doing a good enough job. Well, yeah. I, I don't know what anybody else says. I, I, there's a lot of times where I fail. And, and here's a shameless plug. In our movie coming out on Amazon and 22, The Unforgotten Soldier, and I got both my daughters tattooed on my arm. And I didn't seek therapy until after I, until after I yelled at one of them for no reason. For like, for no reason. I absolutely lost it, right? And I was like, does that make me a failure as a father? Is, is that the, like is, like when does the when you stop being a father is when you die that's right but then even yeah. after you die you're still were that kid's father so yes. talk about that a little bit about that sign Man, and, then, so. and, and, and then also talk about how like yeah there's people that have been worse than you but there's people that i think they're fair that haven't done as, as bad a shit as you like yeah. it's all perspective what mm -hmm. does that sign mean it is it is a lot of perspective and you know, it's funny that you bring up the haters and the naysayers and in reference to that sign. So I, I made that sign uh, at the request of the community in Uvalde, Texas. 
Uh, it might sound odd, but Uvalde reached out to us uh, on the Black Rifle side, believe it or not, to respond after the shooting at Robb Elementary. So I worked 17 of those funerals. We brought Flanders guys down to kind of counsel some of the family members that lost children. My son, the one that just enlisted, went down there with us to work with the kids. He insisted he would not take no for an answer. And uh, the, the big takeaway in that community was Salvador Ramos. Um, they're going to be mad I even said his name because they don't want him to have a name anymore. He's just the shooter. But the shooter, uh, he did that because he was not raised. He was raised by video games and TikTok. Uh, his mother was one of us, an addict um, and, and unmanaged addiction. Uh, and so her son was in, ended up being raised by her dad, who was not able to connect with this kid. The kid had no human connections when he did. Nobody taught him how to be a good man. Um, you know, there was nobody there for him to show him what it looks like to be a man. And so, I, you know, they'd seen me make these, you know, dumb little signs, inspirational signs that, that kind of go viral. And they asked me to make that one. And so I did. And it went fucking nuts on LinkedIn. I think it got shared something like a quarter million times. But one of the comments that we would see nonstop on this thing was people bashing me because everybody sees Black Rifle and they think I'm the coffee company, which they, some people associate with far right and some people associate them with grifters. I don't even know how to figure it, but it does, it, or, they, or, they right. assume, or they would assume I'm a gun company and they would be like, how dare you make this side? How can somebody, you know, that believes in guns raise good? And I'm like, first of all, <laughs> like, let's back this the fuck up because you're trying to virtue signal against me about what just happened in Uvalde, Texas. I didn't see you in Uvalde, Texas, keeping media away from the funeral. I didn't. I was there. Were you? You know, second, like, what, what more accurate descriptor can we make of a good man than a protector, than a provider? You know, so the whole trying to paint the gun as the problem in the situation, that was one of the most common pieces of hate we got. And, and a lot of it, I'm not going to bullshit, maybe want to delete the post because it pissed me off that bad. That's why I try to set a comments. You know, I don't have the capacity or the time to get into it with people on those because, you know, as you've already heard or as you've seen, like I'm I'm going fucking 19 hours a day, you know, three businesses, two nonprofits, eight kids. And we're trying to save the world, by the way, over in Afghanistan and Ukraine. You know, I don't have time to argue with people, but everybody wants to come with these stupid ass opinions and, and virtue signal all the stuff. But they're not willing to lift a finger to actually do anything to make something. They're not going to put their skin in the game. Yeah. yeah, nobody yeah. wants to put skin in the game. And um, I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned from Scott uh, and Travis Peterson, you know, over the course of this evac is like, we can all make a big ass difference somewhere. You don't even have to have the experience to be able to do it. All you have to do is show up. Uh, so, you know, to your buddy that said he feels like he's failing right now, did he show up today? Because if he showed up, he's not failed yet. I will tell you, and Scott will probably echo this, we fail more than anybody I've ever met. It's the um, constant effort. Do we continuously put effort into back. it? Correct. Yeah, it's, it's yep. a constant effort. And as yep. long as you keep showing up, and even if, look, let's say we fail not because I couldn't save somebody. We have right. people, you know, die from overdoses or die in Afghanistan often. Let's say it's not that. Let's say I actually fucked something up. I did something wrong. As long as I adapt and try to overcome and I show back up the next day, yep. then I haven't failed. Um, Another good example of that from my personal life, dude, I hate public speaking. I, I did not want to do this. I don't enjoy this kind of stuff. But I show up. And, and look, I'm having a great time doing Everybody it. Everybody has fun after their show. Everybody has fun at the trash <laughs> talk hour. Yeah, yeah, I'm having a great time. Yes. I didn't want to good. do it, but, but I'm here, and I'm glad I showed up. And that's the way this, this usually ends up going. And so people look at these problems, 
Um, you know, something that our pastor said at church years ago that stuck with me. I was still in active addiction when I heard this is find what breaks your heart. He just said, find what breaks your heart. And then I've discovered over time after finding what broke my heart, if you pursue that and try to do something about it, you'll find your purpose every time. Um, and uh, through, through finding purpose, and I think that ties in very nicely with what Scott's trying to do with, you know, Hero's Journey, Rooftop Leadership, and Last Out is, is helping the broken find their purpose again. Right. And then because, like, like, like you know, we said earlier is who determines if you're broken? Yeah. Right? That's it's you. Perception. It's us. It's, it's us. you. Once you determine, I might tell you you've been broken for years, but until you decide to say that you're broken, that's yeah. when you're broken. All right. Like now you can correct me if I'm wrong or different opinion, but like that's when you can fix it because Absolutely. now you've, May, you've May decided, you've decided you were broken. Yep. May 19th, 2019, I realized I was fucking broken. It took a week before I would do something about it, but that's when the wheels started turning for me to be able to fix it. And I went from, I am a victim of my disease. I'm a victim of circumstance to, okay, what am I going to do to not be this anymore? Um, your statement about, you know, victims and the way we perceive things and criticism, we have a saying, and my wife says it to, to the women we work with all the time, victims don't fucking recover. They don't. They do not get better. So as long as you maintain that victim mentality, now I don't care what it is you're going through or if you're actually really a victim, because a lot of these women are, as long as you identify as a victim and not a victor, as gay as that sounds, you're not going to get any better. Your life's not going to turn around and you're not going to see your circumstances change. And Ben, one thing I would just add to that too, man, is like, look at like what you got doing on trash talk with mental health and then what Ben and Jess are doing in their team to go in and literally go into the lion's den and, and pull people out. And then I think to some degree what we're doing with, you know, helping warriors find their voice and tell their story, um, you know, all of that. One thing also that we have in common on that is this, I think this realization that nobody else is coming. Right. Like if we're waiting on institutional leaders to come and, and like save the day, that shit's not happening and it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, you know, part of, I think, us reclaiming our agency and even moving from the identity we had as warfighters into this new arena, right? A new arena of relevance and purpose is the recognition that nobody's coming. Like, so whether it is dealing with addiction, mental health, uh, or, you know, moral injury to moral recovery, whatever. We've all kind of been conditioned that institutional leaders take care of that shit, like it gets handled. But I think we're in a new place right now where the, the most important thing right out of the gate is to realize that nobody else is coming. And if you just move toward it and start iterating on it, it's going to be a far sight better than it already is. And you, you'll probably break, you know, you'll probably mess some stuff up and make mistakes. But the reality is nobody's doing anything about it anyway. That's right. So even if we fuck it up, we've at least done something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so uh, Brian's on the chat and, uh, it, you know, Brian, I, like I want you to listen to maybe, maybe replay some of this stuff and listen to it. Uh, and he's being brave by posting this. He says, being a failure breaks my heart because it affects my children. Uh, and I said, I, I said, I, I replied as veteran trash talk. I said, Failure is a beautiful thing to your children when they see you show back up. Dude, it, there's nothing more powerful. I can't tell you how much it means to me for my kids who watched me end up homeless. Tell me today how proud they are of me. And they don't even know half of what we've pulled off. But for, for them to see me come from a place of failure and stand up and show up again and keep going until I figure it out, 
dude, there's nothing more powerful. Like kids learn from that. They watch our failures and they watch how we come back from them. So yeah, I agree with that completely. Failure is a beautiful thing when kids get to watch you come back from it. Yeah. It's just and about showing back up. Not, not to sound like a, like one of those woke folks that gets real upset about everything. You mean, I mean, uh, understanding but everything? I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like when we use when we say the word failure, like I don't know, failure to me, it only failure is only a word that you can. It's because we attach value to yourself. it and make it well, like it's, it's a bad thing. Yeah. yeah, but it's only a word that you could use to describe if if you quit, you're not yeah, reattaching absolutely. it. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I'm not failing. I'm, you know, just because you're maneuvering in a different direction doesn't mean that you failed. It just means that you're reattacking from some other place because what you did wasn't as successful as you would have liked it to have been. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it just feels like, you know. And, One word I might throw out there. You know, as you guys uh, talk about, like, you know, you're, you know, like when Brian's talking about his kids seeing a fail, you know. If you walk into a room and you, you do everything 100% perfectly right and you're, you know, great, then everybody just takes it for granted that it was easy. No matter how hard you had to work before you walked into that room, you know, they don't understand and they don't they don't have enough, uh, uh, I guess. Uh, wherewithal? They don't, they don't see all of the, the struggle. Unless I don't know how you spell wherewithal. Is that two struggle. words? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I probably shouldn't use it. I can't spell it. So I just think the word struggle that you just used is super important. I think actually struggle is a word, you know, because, and here's why is because one, it's a universal singular and throughout storytelling throughout history. Like that's what struggle is always at the epicenter of what we do. Mm -hmm. And one of the funny things about it is in in this book, the little book of talent, Daniel Coyle says that by definition, when the brain runs up against something that's difficult or new, or, you know, something goes wrong, it has to build new neural pathways to figure out a way through it. And that uncomfortableness, that that feeling of failure is actually, that is struggle. And, it, and, and the way Coyle says it is, it's a biological necessity. Like we can't actually move beyond it without it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and sure. I think what you guys are saying makes a lot of sense. I would even maybe suggest using struggle instead of failure. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and, and, like, you know, I, I guess you gotta change you gotta, you gotta change the narrative. You gotta change the narrative. Yeah. Like, yeah, well it's not so, even it's it's not even the narrative. It's just it, it is funny. I guess it's uh it's negative self-talk when you talk about that's failure. your narrative. Like I'm not again, know, it's what type of emotion do you attach to that? That's yeah, yeah, literally yeah, the answer yeah. to it. You're attaching yeah, a certain you're emotion. Right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're attaching yeah. a certain emotion to that word, and that's literally putting you in that headspace. Just don't attach that emotion. I know it sounds crazy, like well, it's not that easy to just do that. No, you can. You can just. No, it, you know, you're right. It's not that easy to do. It's a struggle to do it. It's a and, struggle and to the, do the it. The struggle, like Scott said. See, 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 there. I don't know to do it. I just, so, I just figure, just don't attach emotion to it. Just don't give it well, as yeah, much value. Like, uh, give it as much value, you know. And when you don't give it much value, and that, that's where the triggered pansy shirt comes from. Yeah. It's like, it's like, hey, you're gonna get upset. That's fine. That emotion is attached to it. Great. What are you mm-hmm. gonna do about it? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, like, about, how are you gonna think handle about it? the best times? Think about the best times that you had when you were in the military. Yeah, very few of those times. Pathfinder school are when things were going great. <laughs> I was always wearing a suck, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sure. when you're in the moment and you're yeah. like, man, it's fucking cold. It's rainy or it's hot, and I'm fucking dying. I'm, you know what I mean? Like in the moment, you're always like, this fucking 
But then you got to uh, tell yourself in that moment, man, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be laughing. But that's not even that. When you, you know, that's, that's, but when you get back together with your yeah. with your buddies or you're on like you, like a call like this and then you go back and talk about stuff, it's those shitty times are the ones that you you think back and they're the most like, you're like, man, that was fucking awesome. Like, yeah. it was like, yeah. we were fucking, remember that time when fucking Jimmy got his fucking, they got frozen to that fucking 240. That was funny, right? Remember? <laughs> <laughs> No. Anyway, shared shared struggle is always the best way to. Oh, you can't create a stronger bond than to share. No, struggle. no. there's yeah. no one. And so, hey, I, hey, Ben, I really appreciate it. And again, those of you watching for the first time or listening on our podcast platforms, we're, we're I, I'm going to say it, we're the most authentic veteran podcast out there. All right, we don't. Yeah, we all have our DD two fourteens, and we it's not Dave yet, but like he's getting there. Um, first, June first, but, but we, 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 we can we can all brag about our records. <laughs> I'm in Scalebridge, man. I'm in Scalebridge. Yeah, we can all brag about our records. All right, buddy will win, so we don't brag too much about that because he's got every school and every tab and every badge. You know, it's like a, like I think I think he wasn't ever a drill sergeant, but I think they just gave him one anyways. But uh, <laughs> just, just, just because just because he has everything else, just because yeah. he has everything yeah. else. They're like, fuck it, you're an honorary drill sergeant too. So I mean, here's your instructor badge too. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Something I just wanted to to let the audience know and and like, hey, veteran trash talk is different because yes, we will listen to you, but we are empathetic people, which empathy leads to action. So we will tell you that you need to shut the fuck up about it. All right, or you need to like you got it, or not not, whatever the phrase is. Hey. Got it. You need to you need to build a bridge and get you the fuck build, over it. Here, At the end wood. of the day, you, if you you see the problem, you recognize what happened, deal with what happened, and then move the fuck on. Right. Accept, you, accept, it. accept it. Accept it. Like tell somebody to get accept it. Accept the beauty it. of our yeah. community is, as it expands, we start finding people like Scott, and then we find Scott, and then we find Ben, and then you know, and then it's like we bring Ben on, and Ben just shared a tremendous story. So, yeah. uh, like I said, those of you listening. Like I guarantee you, you saved someone's life today, Ben, hundred percent. So like somebody's gonna watch us and, and and be moved by it. All right. And now again, when sure, you move, Ben's not a superhero. Like yeah. if he can do it, every like other people can do it. Like right. And if you think you're at rock bottom, it doesn't matter. It's just perspective. We have an internet connection and a fucking computer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so you know, I mean, hell, there's free Wi-Fi everywhere now. But it was just like, just go. Not mine. I have to pay for it. Yeah, yeah pay for it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so like I said, those of you watch for the first time, you're you're we're not gonna we're not gonna sugarcoat things for you. All right. We're not and we're not gonna talk about blood and guts all the time. We're just it's just real things. All right. And I, what you're going through is not what I'm going through. All right. And but we're all here that if you just put it on VTT official, right? Somebody's gonna have you're gonna get 40 comments and 30 of them will be stupid, but like 10 of them will be like, those are the people that don't fine, okay. All right, yeah. start digging into what they're talking about. Okay. Yeah. And, and when I say stupid comments, trust me, I make fucking 40 of them a day. All right. So, yeah, like there's a lot of stupid comments on there. Um, but it's, you're going to find somebody that can help you. Uh, so, hey, Ben, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And Thank you all. yeah, please follow Flanders Fields and, 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 and get involved if you can and just, you know, use his messages to whatever you want to use them for because when i look at ben's signs some of them make a lot of sense to me some of them are like yeah no shit right and, then, <laughs> and, and, and like and, then, and then it's but it's like it's reaching somebody so never yeah. be afraid to put yourself out there because yeah 
your circle might be like, yeah, no shit. But like somebody outside of it might get into your circle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Somebody now might come in and be like, hey, man, can I help? Yep. I, or I need that help. And then it turns them into a help. Okay. But all right. Over to Buddy. He's been taking notes. Let's Dude, get it. I've got, I've got so many notes. So many notes. Like it's a whole page of notes, guys. Uh, let's see. We started off with a giant, another, another fucking giant story from uh, old Andrew Dawson on TikTok. He's dead as fuck, but uh, <laughs> turns out we don't know how he died. Uh, could have been a giant, could have been the CIA. Uh, but here's a, here's, a, here's a tip. If the CIA says, don't do something, don't do it. I'm going to cut you off, that. buddy, because why not? Do that thing. But you notice how Scott's light got darker when we started talking about the CIA? I'm just saying. He started talking yeah, like yeah, this. No, I get yeah. it. I get it. This show's uh, going to get canceled. And then, and then we went into the, the victim mentality with Earl, which, uh, you know, you can you can be a victim and it can be, or, or you can decide to be a victor, like Ben said. And uh, it's just all about your perspective. Uh, then check out Scott's Last Man Out at uh, lastmanoutplay.com. Um, and, uh, Is it Last Man Out or Last Out? Last, last Out. Last out. Oh, my bad. You know, I wrote out. I wrote out. Last out. Play. My bad. Uh, you know when he said last. Man I said out, last all, man out. That was he my said fault. last out. You said last man. I out. did. That was on me. Buddy, head, I'll own that. I'll own that. Look, buddy, stop being a victim right now. You're being, You're a, being victim. a victim. It's okay. <laughs> like just I accept. Just it. He, he, he is a victim of my. He's a victim of my mistake. Yeah. So. yeah no, no. I'm just gonna tell you the whole the the, the whole the how whole, that yeah. went down. Yeah. You said he said last out. You said last man out. And in I my did. head, my fault. I'm all I could think, all I could think was. I wonder if that's what my mom thought when I came out because mm-hmm. I was no. the youngest, the youngest boy, and then I couldn't pay attention to anything because then I was thinking about my mom giving birth, and I was a little disgusted at myself. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I bet I bet you were a horrible delivery. <laughs> you know, I was late. I was, I was big. My dad. <laughs> years. It took years for her to recover. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, uh, then fuck fuck what just happened? Landers Field, uh, where where Ben helps uh, save all the people who need help to uh, eventually provide help to other people, and then uh, and then one last thing, uh, one of our buddies from the eighty second runs uh, Warriors for the Outdoors. His name's Jimmy Bates, super good dude. Used to be a fister and a mortar guy, and uh, ended up getting a brain tumor, got out. Uh, and you know, you know, we talked about being a victim and victim mentality. And uh, well, I don't, I don't fucking. I tell him if he was on the show, Jimmy was a dick. Like if you talk to Jimmy, Jimmy was kind of an asshole. Uh, but he was an asshole. Like he was one of those assholes that cared about you, but he was just abrupt, blunt, and he was an asshole. Um, but you know, having having a brain tumor, getting getting treatment, getting it taken care of, kind of changed his life around a little bit. And uh, he realized that when he got out, he wanted to give back. So he's doing the uh, Warriors for the Outdoors. And uh, right now they're doing a, a raffle. They got two things. Well, a couple of things on raffle. Uh, but the raffle is May 1st uh, this year on Facebook Live. Uh, and you can either get a – so it's $20 for one ticket, $6 for 100 or $100 for six tickets. Hey, I got to uh, stop you. Chris, his oh, mom is watching. Hi, Chris, his mom. Hey, Chris's mom. What's up, Chris's hey, mom? The, uh, yeah, Chris's mom. Yeah. The prizes, Love you. The prizes, the prizes are a uh, GL10, uh, which is an AR platform, 308 with a uh, 
uh, Excite day and night scope, and then a Bagheera B14, which is also a 308, just bolt action with a 4x12 by 50 scope. Uh, you can Venmo Jimmy Bates 13, or you can cash app him a dollar sign JC Bates 75, and it all goes for a good call. This guy's got like 60 acres in uh, South Carolina cabin, and for free, you and uh, I think four or five of your boys can go there, hang out. He'll let you hunt some hogs, uh, take you fishing, do whatever, uh, and it's a good time, good place. So, uh, so you and you know your team or your squad can get together and. Uh, have a couple, have a couple beers if you want to. Don't have a couple beers. Sit by the fire and talk about the old days. Buddy, have- send send me all that so I can put it on social media because you don't go on social media. So send me yeah, all I, that. I know, but we're there. having yeah. him on the show in a couple. I like, know, but weeks. just just yeah, send, send me all that too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that all sounds like something we need to connect together. Just yeah, send yeah, it, it to me, buddy, and I'll yeah. get it's it out there. Literally on the flyer that I sent you. You can literally just send it to me. I will text it to you. Thank right you, thank now. you, brother. I love you. I love you. I love you. Love you, too. Yeah, all right. Dave. Scott, hey, just phenomenal stuff. You guys have any final words, Scott or Ben? Anything else you want to put out before we? No, man, I appreciate it. It's just good yeah. to be with you guys again and all that you do. And and certainly with, with Ben, I look forward to all the fun things we're going to do together, man, and, uh, you know, uh, fighting monsters. So uh, good to be with you guys. Love it, Scott. Ben? Guys, thank you all so much for having me on. I, I love this. I'd love to come back, and, and I'd love to do it with Scott again, too. Hey, loved having you guys on, Scott, what you're doing, obviously, with the play and everything, just phenomenal, following you on social media and just seeing all the stuff. And I can't wait till you guys are out in Phoenix. Uh, I will definitely be attending, and I think Nick will fly out here for that. Maybe Buddy can fly out here for that. Yeah, maybe. Man, he ain't doing, buddy ain't doing Scott shit. Ain't doing anything in the southeast. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah and I'm then, it's out. a play, I'm Buddy. Are there a lot of plays yeah. in the southeast? Oh, all right. Dude, you got to be able to freaking read ball, down there, right? There's yeah, a theater, yeah. a theater. There's a theater about two blocks from me right now. <laughs> I've been there once. Hey, it's it's like, like a okay. tent. It's a tent set up uh, somewhere. It's a circus tent. It's a circus There's a couple goats in there. Hey, I'll, I'll share this with you guys. Raise your hand if you're one of the guys that went to England lately and went to two. Oh, you went full. Oh, world good job, cup, buddy. Right? Good job. You were oh, you yeah, went yeah, full world I'm cup. fucking. I'm to Europe. Great. I'm proud hey, of buddy. you, man. Hey, buddy, I, buddy, I'll share Scott, this with you. Got something to say there. Yeah. I'll, I'll share yeah, this with you. I'll share this with you real quick. We did the play in 2019. We stopped off in Buffalo, and uh, this, uh, North, this, this 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 Ranger Regiment guy came up to me, and you know, like. I don't even know how many how many tours in Afghanistan and Iraq, and and uh, he comes up and after the show, he goes, um, "Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't go to fucking plays." Uh, my wife. My <laughs> he wife. hit you with the he hit you with the non gay like yeah, yeah I don't go to plays. Like, yeah, that's gay. what he said. He's like, I don't go to yeah, fucking yeah, plays. Yeah. My wife, yeah, my wife that, brought. That's where you catch it. <laughs> my wife brought me to this thing and uh, monkey uh, foxes in plays. This ain't no fucking play. <laughs> That's what, that's yeah, what he said at the end of it. Man, like, this is what, you know, I'll this back is, that up, and I'll put my life on it. I don't even watch TV. I don't watch podcasts. I don't watch plays. I went to this thing, and I can't wait to see it again. Like, I assure, it yeah. is that good. I, my ADHD is so bad, I can't sit through a 30-minute TV show. But this play, uh, I cannot wait to see it again. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. And you can count us in for Phoenix, Scott. And then Ben, hey, obviously, just I think we could do a, another segment with you, bring you back on the show. We can dive a little deeper into – the different companies and all the like you got a lot going on dude i do i do and i, I would love to come back on so yeah. in the part i glossed over i lived in a couple of trap houses dope houses during that gap before i bottomed out flanders has now 
acquired a couple of those and we've turned them into silver wow. and so we've got a lot of big that's fucking awesome dude yeah we're getting that trap houses good. shut down and we're turning them into things for good now just hats off to you man just hats off yeah. what you're doing the energy and the focus that you're putting on you're just like straight up just a good dude like 100 i appreciate right? that man. you're trying to make changes you're trying to help people left well he has right, tattoos you know? so kind of yeah. <laughs> Kinda. Of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um halfway. but just thanks again, brother. It, it was an honor having you on. I'm Dick definitely gonna share the video um on our social media because I think a lot of people need to hear that. Yeah, just, I'll get pushed the, fucking the struggle the where you were at and where you're at now just speaks volumes of your character. Thanks, so thanks again for coming on. Everybody that tuned in late, go check out veterantrashtalk.com, check out gruntworksclothing.com, check us out on YouTube, buy some of our awesome merch. All right, one of our most famous shirts is the one Nick's wearing. Ooh, buddy, you're actually wearing a grunt work shirt. I said that Good earlier job. today. Wow, awesome. Check us out, and we'll catch you guys next Saturday. We're going to be early next Saturday, right, Nick? What time yeah. are we going live? Uh, 9 o'clock Eastern. Eastern? No, 10 o'clock 10 10 Eastern. 10 o'clock Eastern. Because we're, we're going to be promoting Ranger Essentials Coffee. Yeah, so nice. yeah. another coffee company. Yeah, weird. Catch you yeah, out next Saturday. better in your selling coffee. Shocking. Love you.